0: Good morning everyone, this is Chris Joslin, your host for The Chris Joslin Show, coming back at you today with another opportunity to speak to a good friend and colleague about the transportation logistics business in general and go over some of the things that are sticking out as challenges, uh, a little prognostication about what's coming in the future and where perhaps we can apply our expertise, our understanding of the industry and share that with the audience today and as always this is brought to you by Logistics.com. you can go to that website where we curate aggregate information we create our own content the site is a place to come together as a community in the logistics industry to, to share both inside and outside the industry what we know t- today what we see coming and what we hope to share uh, be part of that community you know sign up for their our daily email on that site Get it sent to you so that you can see a brief rundown of the uh, top stories of the day. Top stories of the week are also sponsored by Orion Solutions Group, a professional project delivery company, as well as a recruiting and staffing agency. They uh, have expertise in a bunch of different industries, but for today's purposes, we might even talk a little bit about how they're an expert in in helping people find both the companies and from an individual standpoint, find and get introduced into a new segment of our industry. So if you're looking for a way to take the next step in your career path in supply chain and transportation, Orion Solutions Group is a perfect opportunity to do so. So please go ahead and go to the website, which is orionsolutionsgroup.com. That's orionsolutionsgroup.com. And as always, we want you to be able to take the opportunity to go on any of our social media platforms, uh, supply us with some feedback, supply us with comments and and, uh, and uh, above all else, if you want this content to continue and continue to get better, then subscribe. So without further ado, let's get into the discussion topics today. And uh, we are now joined by Mr. David Porter. I was, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and all these technologies that are kind of still in their infancy. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought half of them would exist right now. And I, the and I, sometimes are- I wonder.
1: The, the one that comes to mind for me right now is uh, autonomous vehicles, right? I mean, Elon Musk, who, you know, he has a history of blowing his timelines. He was saying that, you know, by now, you know, there would be all over the place. And whoever runs Google's thing was saying the same thing. And, you know, it's just a lot more complicated of a problem than what they thought it was. I think we're going to get there, but, you know, it might be by 2030. Who knows when it's going to be?
0: Yeah, well, I still think twenty thirty is pretty aggressive, just simply because you know there is so much restriction and so much oversight and so much regulation on all the little aspects of doing anything. You have to kind of clear the way on that. I mean, certainly subsidizing everything from the the government is is helpful, right? Because yeah. it, it pushes things in a particular direction. But I mean, if you look like if you look at some of the programs that are out there for like offshore wind, things like that. They are so delayed and there's so many studies that have to be done pre, you know, pre them even starting to put the pillars in the ocean floor to put these things up that it takes them 20 years to get to a point where they're viable sometimes.
1: And yeah. I think the same thing with next generation nuclear, but uh, you know, in the case of trucking, the economics are just so compelling. Right. And um, so I teach this in my class, we break out the costs for a trucking company and, If you take out the labor, a large percentage of the maintenance and drastically decrease the fuel cost. I mean, you don't buy diesel, but you'll have to pay for electricity. Right. Half your costs are wiped out. You know, how can you not want to have a model like that that reduces your cost by 50 percent? Well,
0: I I think the biggest issue with the uh, not the AI side, but the EV side of that is kind of – Prognosticating where we're going to be on the fuel cost, the energy cost of electric, because I mean, you know how it is right now. With we talked about this in a previous conversation, how there are different tiers that you fall into depending on your usage, et cetera, right? So how right. how is that all going to be managed? And I think it all comes down to storage ability. You know, these batteries yeah, not only located is. in the in the trucks themselves, but the infrastructure storage. If we can get around that, if we can develop something that isn't going to take every rare earth mineral on earth to 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 create you know the right battery packs that's where it is and i think something you said a couple of weeks ago about getting you know the the uh, home uh either a tesla wall or whatever it's called or right, yeah, or, wall, or something yeah. along those lines is actually what the next step for most regular consumers should be and probably as well for large DCs or people that have certain fleets, they're not only going to have to have a charging station or stations like you used to, when you look at old warehouses and they all have a fuel pump in them, you know, right. that, that I mean, those were put yeah. there for the same reason we're talking about now, because yeah. things had to be done expediently. So right. I, it's, it's very interesting to see where it's all going to go. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I was reading, oh gosh, it was uh, Seth, Grogan, i think it is. Is, is is you recognize that name he's kind of a yeah. he, he kind of does a little blog seth's blog i think it's called and he um um does these little blurbs for a few cents very very neat to go into you if we put them up on our site all the time and he he has this yeah got got godin, godin g-o-d-i-n seth godin.
1: Oh, okay. and
0: and I, I think that all these technologies are what he likes to call the purple cow effect Right, so you know you got a big field of cows that are all white and black, and then there's one purple one there, and it gets noticed, and it's the new technology, it's the new thing, it's the new way, it's the new service or product or how we describe it, and it is it is the thing everybody stares at until somebody sees a different kind of cow, right? That's that's the kind of the challenge.
1: Well, I I think the thing now in terms of this, I, I just saw another article the other day, and they come out monthly or quarterly that you know solid state batteries we've got you know this is somebody has come out with one that's really going to work and it'll be affordable and that type of thing so if we can make a quantumly you know batteries are getting better by about 5% every year anyway Which is good. I mean, my Mm 11-year-old system, the new solar systems are twice as good as the one that I purchased 11 years ago. And that's about right, if you think about 5%, maybe 6% per year improvement, 6-point-something percent. Mm -hmm. Um, So even at that, the batteries are going to get to where we need them to be. But if we could have a quantum leap, like with a new technology, solid-state batteries, whatever, then I think it's game over. Then the whole thing works.
0: Yeah. I forget the name of the the term that they use for how computer um, computers changed on a year to year basis as far as speed. There's a,
1: Oh, the, the, t- the, the, the Moore's law Is that what you're you are talking about. Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: And unfortunately other technologies don't necessarily adhere to that. And I think we've, we've been um, lulled into a sense of security that things will change very, very quickly when you have something like Moore's law that occurred for so long, a period of time.
1: Yeah.
0: And in, and, I, you know, I, I, I wonder where we're going with all this. I can oftentimes I'll see this as a cup half full kind of scenario and I'll get pretty negative about, you know, cause, cause I feel like a lot of what we do with, with some of these technologies is we're pushing the problem away from places and just putting it in other places. You know, it's almost kind of a shell game in a way. In, in other words, mm. if, yeah, we have problems with, with, you know, production from fossil fuels. We have all this extraneous stuff that happens. We certainly want. Last time I drove over to LA, it was the, the sky was looking pretty ugly. And, right and now, now it wasn't like it was in nineteen ninety two when I remember. Yeah, or it, it was purple, or right? Exactly. Yeah. But what what's ending up happening is if if you have all these different rules and regulations, and you know, ports is a great example. Everything's got to be uh NEV. or or zero emissions by, I think it's 20 or 2035, right? And a lot of it's starting right now as far as who can go in and out of there. Well, that's great because it's getting away from population centers, but we forget that those population centers became that because of all the industry and infrastructure and the stuff that needed to happen there. And so if, you know, the BNSF's putting that place up in, um,
1: like uh, out there, Palmdale or Lancaster or something. Well, I see the, U,
0: the UP is up there, right? And then oh, the UP is
1: the, moving one out there. The That's UP
0: right. is up there, and then BNSF is up in what Barstow, I think it is. They're, they're putting yeah. it up there, and those are very interesting. And if you can have e- either a steel wheel interchange to get them up there, or a rubber wheel kind of AI truck lane that goes up there and it becomes more efficient and more cost effective, I'm all for that. But Somebody's got to look down line to the ramifications that that creates. I don't know right. what they are. I'm not sitting here saying I know, and I'm not sitting here saying it's it's going to be worse or anything like that. All I'm saying is it's we're deflecting a problem, pushing it further out away from population centers in a lot of ways. Yeah, you that, know, I
1: trust that some really smart people have done some studies and and figured <laughs> out that it's a good idea, but is it a good idea just because that's where land is available at a reasonable price and certainly there's no land to to store containers or Mm -hmm. any of that type of stuff uh, down near the ports anymore but you know how are you going to get stuff out to Lancaster or Palmdale whatever the city is out there you're gonna have to truck it uh and and so that causes the other problem that you're talking about
0: yeah but if you there to me it's a perfect opportunity for the EV industry and a in a, a company like BNSF to combine efforts. Now I don't know Amy, the BNSF and the UP are geez, they're you know huge edifices, right? They 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 do things their way and really it's hard to tell them otherwise. So who knows what will or will not happen, but the perfect opportunity to, is to have a charging station from one of these guys sitting down in Long Beach in a charging station on using the BNSF as an example, the BNSF's property up in Barstow or wherever that happens to be and just ping pong these guys back and forth. You now have a dedicated lane that you can create the, the proof statement for all of this stuff we're talking about right there. Right. I don't know if anybody's now that thinking sense. about it.
1: And out in those areas, they've got infinite sun. It could actually be a solar powered, exactly. you know, charging station. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have freeway congestion but, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know that there's anything perfect, but in terms of the emissions um, that, you know, and, and solving the space problem, the ports, you know, it's helpful mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 see that as an opportunity. And the you, you said something a second ago, a lot of smart people are doing white papers on this stuff and coming up with solutions and all that. It's, I don't think there's any end to people. I mean, there's people like us that can pontificate about this stuff and do, you know, uh, thought, experiments and things like that. And there are other people that put it on paper and draw it out and have every diagram under the sun and spreadsheet and everything else. The problem is activating any of this stuff. That's the issue. And it's, it's real interesting because I've debated myself on this a lot of times because I've, and I've shared this with you, I'm more of a incrementalist in how I like to see things happen. That doesn't mean I like to slow walk everything. I just, I just feel like it's smarter as an economy to do things a little bit at a time. And what you end up seeing happening is you see things coming up to some precipice and then somebody decides in power, somebody decides that to get it to where the next step needs to go, damn everything else. We're just going to push it over, over the line. And there are consequences for doing that. But I also, when I say I debate myself, sometimes I go, maybe it's the only way to get there. Maybe you have to get to a point to do that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, you look at the situation the country's in right now with just the price of fuel, right? And you think about, okay, yeah, we don't want fossil fuels because of carbon. And, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But there's also a national defense concern and just everyone's welfare concern even Elon Musk says hey if we could flip the switch tomorrow and get off fossil fuels i would not flip that switch because we don't have enough electricity to supply everybody so it seems like like what you're saying the common sense path would be a parallel path you know we're going to do both we're going to domestically produce fossil fuels we're going to incent alternative solutions, electric seems to be getting the most, maybe hydrogen is, is right. another answer. But let's not put ourselves at, um, weaken our country by, by doing this, you know, by producing fossil fuels for another five years, which is probably what it's going to take to, you know, make some radical changes in the availability of electricity and, and that type of thing. Um, you you shouldn't put the country on its knees. I, I don't think artificially, uh, to support uh, an end goal, to try to bring that goal forward, maybe just a couple of years. I, I don't, I don't think that makes any sense, and I think people but, now are starting to see the harm that the current policies have uh, put in place.
0: The interesting thing is, is, is that whether we like it or not, or agree with it or not, it seems to be a specific methodology to make these things happen. It really does. And I'm not sitting here drawing any lines into con- some conspiracy or anything like that. But, I mean, th- the basics of something is if, if you want to move in a particular direction and you have an opposing structure that is le- much less expensive, much, much less expensive, forget the fact that that opposing infrastructure, fossil fuels, is, is what helped create the entire economy we live in today, right? Right. right. And all the periphery stuff to, that has to do with petroleum. But if, if your directions to do that, then you do two things at the same time. You lower the cost of the new technology and you raise the cost of the old technology so that the yeah. deltas is, is closer and closer. And then the decisions can be made with less, you know, anxiety about them. And it's, it's kind of an obvious solution. I you probably remember back in the day when, when an old employer of ours was trying to change TMS systems. I call it TMS, but it was just basic transportation system at the time an operating platform. Exactly. And the, 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 there was kind of two philosophies for most companies. One was to, 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 to gain something, grab the newest thing, buy a, a service or a, or a new system and just simply immediately start putting everything in that system and flip a switch and go to that new system or to run them parallel. And to your point, which was the most intelligent thing always to do. And anybody that you knew ever that flipped that switch, guess what happened? A bunch yeah. of downline chaos. things. Yeah. exactly chaos. So, yeah. in in nobody wants that right now. I can tell you, looking at my, I, I've got a little crypto account. I, I believe in. It used that. to be bigger. Oh my <laughs> god! There, that's not even a. I haven't looked at it for months and months and months because I didn't want to do this to myself. Yeah. And I happened to open the app and saw it. And I just I I literally almost cried. I was like, what? Yeah. The, you know, oh, my yeah. God. You know, I, I wanted to call up Elon and tell him to send out a tweet about it or something so it would go back up. <laughs> so
1: you got that Dogecoin, that sounds like. okay. Uh,
0: along with a bunch of other stuff, yeah. But it, okay. But the interesting thing is the blockchain chain technology, I, I have a lot of belief in. I, I know enough to be dangerous about. It. And I think it has a lot of application for our industry as well. So there's there's sea changes happening specifically in transportation logistics, and it would... I really feel like it's going to be it's, – it's coming – I don't know if it'll split in some way where there will be this this kind of assumed um, industry that is very tech-savvy tech and very um, – I don't know. High-tech is, I think, the best way to put it. And, or will it drag the, the whole high-touch part of it into a new category? And what I mean by that is you – our industry is kind of bifurcated. It's got this view of the driver side and the, the right. kind of the old school shipping magnets and the, the ports are clogged and you've got the, the you know, stevedoring situation and all the different contracts and all the, it, it's kind of the blue collar kind of thinking that goes about with imports and exports and the railroads and things like that. And then you've got this whole cover that you're putting on top of it that is recreating the industry entirely into something else.
1: Yeah. I, I'm I not think sure it's, it's super going. exciting. I think it's super exciting. Um, you know, when you look at how much the industry has changed and you, we can see what's going to be changing it in the coming decades. And even as we speak right now, but with autonomy, electrification, drones, um, mobility different types of mobility devices uh, platooning which will be an initial step i think in autonomy um robotics uh sensors it goes on and on and on and on big data and i think that what's happened with the industry has become a very exciting place for people to want to join just out of school because mm-hmm. it's um an opportunity to actually apply these great technologies and then blockchain, right? And you go to these conferences, and I like to joke, it's a thing that everybody talks about, kind of like collaboration across uh, competing shippers. Oh, we could combine their shipments and lower everybody's costs. No, no. Yeah, you could, but nobody is willing to do that. It seems like it's a great theory. And yeah, a couple people do it, but not a lot of people. Um, but I think what's going to... it. What it's going to take for for blockchain and it's starting to happen but i think you're going to get a big player like a a walmart or an amazon or uh, somebody like that that has such buying power and they're going to say hey everybody that's doing business with us we have our own proprietary blockchain if you want to do business with us you're going to be on it and it's going to go all the way from." How far are they going to take it back? Raw materials for the producers all the way up? It'll probably be, like you had said earlier, an iterative type thing. Initially, it'll just be from the supplier to to the shelves. But to have that kind of visibility and you think about a grocery store, this happens all the time in California. We have to recall all the lettuce in California because somewhere, on some farm somewhere, there was some type of E. coli or whatever type of problem, right? Right what a shame that is where if they had great records and they knew, oh, it came from this farm on this day and this stuff wound up here, get all that stuff out of there. Let's not destroy all this food and and everybody's earnings and everything else like that and create false shortages. Um, There's going to be some really great value in in having this this type of information. And I think so you're going to have somebody like a Walmart that's going to just require everybody to be on their blockchain because they're going to want that visibility.
0: Well, it's it's unimpeachable chain of custody, really, is what yep. it is. And, yeah. and, and the whole idea of blockchain and the smart contracts involved with it are very interesting to me because I think it's one of the few technologies that will certainly be, a, a, you know, all these things cost money. So to ad- adopt them, it's usually the big players, as you mentioned before. But in this case, the big players that... Are will utilize that kind of technology. There's a there's a downward push to the smaller vendors that actually helps them tremendously without a large amount of cost. And what I mean yeah. by that is is if uh, cash flow is a great example, small business owners are always looking to to get involved. You know, they might be shipping for a small entity going into a, a Walmart DC or an Amazon or whatever the case may be. And that happens all the time, but when there are situations with those DCs, and they're requiring their vendors to have certain aspects of their transportation, and you can do this through services. There, there are services out there that you can get. You don't have to buy a, a millions of dollars with the TMS systems to do this. You can do it by you know a system, a SaaS, right? A service as a cert, whatever service as a service. Everything's SaaS now. Everything's, a, and yeah. everything's an ass now is what it is. It's got just something in front of it. And, you're an uh, ass
1: man, Chris. Yeah. Well,
0: that's, that's an entirely different subject and entirely different kind of podcast, by the way. But, yeah. It is. Yeah. But, uh, the, the, the funny thing is though, is that if you're a small vendor looking to get better credit history to do larger volumes. And you're shipping into somebody that requires uh, that kind of blockchain information. Well, the truth is, as part of that blockchain information, part of those smart contracts is there's an immediate recognition of completion of service. You
1: yeah, know, it's it's, it's, and it's not just an, it yeah, that's be the exactly
0: payment. the point. That's exactly the yeah. point. So if if you're a bank trying to lend money to a small uh, uh, Shipper or a trucker or something like that. And that trucker says, yeah, we've got a contract with this person, this person, this person. We're going into all these DCs and doing this and we get paid in 10 days. And the, you know, I can tell a bank that today, but they're going to want proof. And if you right. can show that you're on the blockchain with those people, you've got your proof. And suddenly now you're playing in a, in a arena that maybe you couldn't play in before. And there's a lot yeah, of technologies about- that don't allow that.
1: You think about all these people that facilitate like letters of credit and that facilitates a lot of these types of transactions. I mean, it's all just instantly recognized the transactions take place. Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool stuff. And I think a lot of the other technologies that are um, developing now like sensors and the prices are coming down and down and down and down on that, where, you know, initially people were putting sensors on a container maybe or a trailer. Right. And now, it's to the point where they can put uh, tracking sensors, not just tracking location, but um, temperature, vibration, various things um, on a pallet. Yep. And now you can put it in a carton of a valuable product. But before you know it, they'll be able to put them on cereal boxes. It's going to be so cheap. Yeah. And that is really going to, you know, they talk about what is it like 90% of all the information and data that's ever been created has been created like in the last two years or something like that. The statistic is something directionally in that area. Um, And it's just going to get more and more and more. All these sensors, everything connected, internet of things is something else that I hadn't brought up. And it's really cool stuff. I mean, everybody's going to have great information on what's going on at all the time.
0: Well, in, in, I, I mean, it's, the Internet of Things, the, uh, well, here, here's an example. This was 20-plus this was years ago when RFID was really starting to come out. And Walmart has been doing or had done this. Uh, I don't know if they still do. They probably have different technologies down, but they used to, for inventory control purposes, they had RFIDs on pallets years and years and years ago. But I remember yeah. being down in a factory in Tijuana with uh, a guy I still talk to today, and he was showing me the technology that they, they were putting on pallets and containers. And it was a, a specific uh, design by this particular Japanese company. And it was proprietary. And they wanted to actually put it inside. Wow, this is going to tell you how long ago it was. It was inside of VCR. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, oh, damn. I had to. Okay, maybe it was a CD player. Maybe it was a DVD player. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in any event... And he was going on about how great this was, and he would go through these these uh, corridors where the RFID would be recognized. You'd have to go through these these gateways, if you will. And that technology is still available, and it's it's almost non-existent as far as expense is concerned. But you have to have gateways, you have to have the data collection and all that. But I said, well, this is great. How are you using it? He goes, no. He said, why? He goes, it's on everything we do, but it's switched off. And I said, well, what's the deal in it? Privacy concerns. There was this whole idea that if these products were tagged with these different these different elements, that once it's in your your house and my house, Dave, somebody could know it's there. Somebody could know what you have when you have, and there could be all these other aspects. It's the old thing from ten years ago where there was, a, I think, I think it was a Samsung TV, if I remember correctly that had their cameras going on on their TV right. without anybody knowing it, or everybody's right. worrying about the Amazon dots and all those kind of things. They're listening to you all the time. Well, of course they are. Everybody, anybody ever looked at their telephone after I'm having this conversation with you about something. I guarantee you when I look at my phone later, there'll be an ad for something we talked about. Yeah. it's It's kind of a normalized part of our lives now. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I think all these things are both. Right. And it just depends on how you decide to utilize them.
1: I I, yeah, I you know, I don't know enough about the tech. You know, I've heard things like with the Amazon uh, Alexa type of stuff that there is a hard switch in there that is only activated by the wake word, which is Alexa or whatever you program it to be. So it isn't listening to your other conversations. I (laughs) maybe I'm naive and I I believe that. (laughs) You know, Uh, it's better to be naive, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I got to say I am an optimist and I think that this technology, yeah, there's going to be, unfortunately, there's smart people that design this and smart people that figure out how to use it for no good to steal money or create havoc or whatever it is that makes them excited. But for the average person, first of all. Nobody probably wants to follow me or you or wants to know what I have hanging on my wall because it is very boring. It's not interesting. <laughs> you know, you're know, you not going to do much with that information. So I don't worry about it, right? Yeah. Um, I know that uh, commercial interests would want to know certain things so they can sell me stuff, right? I mean, that's probably the big big concern that, that we're being bombarded with ads. And in a way, it's kind of good to have ads that are tailored to your interest and you're not seeing stuff that is you know, not something that you'd be interested in. But I, I am optimistic about all this technology. Uh, there's people that say it's going to put people out of jobs. Um, electric batteries create a whole other problem with the disposal of lithium, which, by the way, Elon Musk's brother has a, a company to recycle these batteries. And so, you know, I, I think that we've shown as uh, a species that we solve these types of problems. And I think everyone is just too hung up and what's going to happen in the next like two years or how are we going to what's the exact process of this evolution and and it's going to be painful and no we can't do that and they're just overthinking it i mean if if you could separate yourself and think okay a hundred years from now where do you think we're going to be you think we're going to be putting liquids into a big tank in the back of our car and burning the stuff out of the ground to make us go forward that ain't going to happen. So the argument should be, well, when is it going to happen? And I think people, it's inevitable. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It's happening, man. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and just I, enjoy the ride and have fun with it, man. That's what I say.
0: Well, I, I agree that the inevitability is there. I think the the challenge for most people, including me a lot of the times, is uh, how volatile is that ride? You know, that's that's yeah. the challenge. And yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I think that the 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 real challenge for the people that push the hardest for these agendas is to get enough common agreement for their constituency to to have it make sense. And that you know that's a whole different kind of conversation I suppose but as far as our industry is concerned you know you and I have been doing this for 30 odd years and we have seen I still see things today that were happening 30 years ago that should never happen. That still happen 100 all the time. Presenting a paper
1: bill of lading to a security guard to get into a DC, Um, not being able to use RFID because people won't label their boxes. You know, yeah, that stuff's out there. But now, if you're a purchaser and you're buying like closeouts from somebody and they're saying, hey man, I'm gonna give you this deal but I'm not gonna put those labels on. you're like, and if you want the deal, fine. If not, I'll sell to somebody else cheap. You're gonna buy the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's certain cases where you can't use RFID where, you know, yeah, you know, Federal Express has had these things where you could sign a a tablet for, you know, 20 years or something like that. Yet we're still companies shipping from themselves to themselves or requiring a piece of paper to get, to make a delivery. I mean, that's still happening right now today.
0: There's a ton of these antiquated kind of processes in place. So I think the the most excited part exciting part of this for me is just to watch. I I hate using cliches, but it's a sea change. It really is. And the thing that pushed it over the edge was circumstances outside of what seemed like anybody's control, which is really interesting as far as a long view kind of uh, analysis of things. It's, it's like we require kind of some kind of cataclysm to go to a next step. And that That's well, interesting psychology it, to me.
1: It forces innovation and adaptation of technologies. Chris, how many times have you flown across the country for an hour meeting? and then you know and it takes a half a week of your time and untold expense and you're not able to do your job well while you're doing all this stuff but that meeting was important so you had to show up there right and now you can just we can do this right Mm -hmm. and so there's so many things that and you know these these smartphones yeah they're annoying you can do all kinds of uh, things there that um, are a waste of time but it's a great tool too so I think if you curate the technology around you, um, you can have a much, much better life. Just like your Facebook feed, you can get bombarded with uh, hardline lefties or, or right-wingers or whatever, and it makes you mad. It's so easy to block those guys out and, well, and yeah. get and that- information on uh, developing technologies, uh, personal development, and actually your family, which is what this stuff was made for originally, yeah. some of the social media stuff but people get mad at their social media, but they choose not to control it or delete apps that make them mad all the time. <laughs> I don't well, get it's it. the,
0: that's like, I've always told people and, and we've known each other a long time. There's there, you know, there are things I remember. My dad had saying, why don't you go hold onto the antenna so we can change it to UHF and watch something. Right. right. Yeah. So, so, and now there are, endless amount of things you can watch streaming or live or YouTube or what matter of fact I watch probably more YouTube than I do anything else and it's sometimes it's frivolous stuff right most of the time it's me trying to figure out something new that I was always interested in that I'm now more interested in because I can see somebody that knows what they're doing talking about blockchain is a great example but all these things I always tell people this if you don't like it don't get mad at it just don't watch it don't turn. Yeah, but people don't let yourself themselves. be inundated.
1: And, you know, Chris, you are a very logical person. You are a logical person. <laughs> and we all it. have a level of emotion, but most people uh, are ruled purely by their emotions. And if there's something out there that makes them mad, they've got to engage so that they can counter that or whatever. And it's such a waste of mental energy and stress and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we have tools. YouTube is such a great example uh, you can watch the most disgusting or weird or, you know, cat videos or a cutting edge scientist uh, that just published a paper that you would never have access to in Germany, giving a lecture on this new technology that you're interested in. And it's a, an amazing opportunity. And not only can you watch it, some kid in Africa that has a real cheap version of stuff. And so it's the great equalizer. It's the great educator. But it's also the great mind-numbing source of pornography and everything else too. Which road are you going to take, right?
0: Well, it's it's funny because you to kind of bring this all the way around. In this, this goes back to our original conversation about you know some of the technologies in our industry, there and the advancement of them, the urgent advancement of them versus the deliberate some baby step advancement, which is I'm, I'm always advocating for. It all is emotionally driven.
1: I it's, it's, that's, that's
0: kind of where I go with this. And I am, I'm, you know, Hey, I get as emotional as the next person, but not often, (laughs) not very often. So, but, but when the decisions that are societal driven are being driven more by emotion than they are by pragmatism, That's where I get a little tilt. I really do.
1: Well, that's why these concepts need a good salesperson. And and you and I have done a a lot of selling in our careers. We learned a a long, long time ago that people buy for emotional reasons and justify it with logic. And so somehow you got to hook these people. But, you know, people are making decisions about, you know, health um, based on, what politician they like, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. does that make any sense at all? And, 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 and there's a uh, another example of um, an exponential technology, um, biopharma, whatever you want to call it, that's been digitized and now they can create a vaccine for something um, very quickly. And, 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 and soon, relatively soon, it'll be almost instantly where, you know, how many millions of people died of the 1918 flu, the bubonic plague and all this other kind of stuff? We can nip the stuff in the bud pretty quickly now.
0: Well, there's a there has been for it, at least this century um, a push for designing not just drugs, but, you know, supplementation, everything to be specific for. You know, we, we run. Dave Porter's genome properly and look for a certain this and that. And then we can apply our understanding of what helps the things that are in need of being filled for you specifically. The same technology applies. And I, I find the technology extremely innovative and interesting, but going back to what I said a minute ago, what you're seeing right now is because of a, an outside cataclysmic event, these things were, were, You can debate this one way or another, but they were rushed into a existence way before they probably would have. And when I say way, maybe a oh, one
1: hundred percent something like that. Yes.
0: So the the so the the question becomes risk tolerance and reward, right? So whether we're talking about the transportation industry or biopharma or the mRNA vaccine, doesn't matter what we talk about. All these different things that we EV AI. We, we can rush forward with them, but we have to understand there are going to be implications, downline implications that are unknown. And yeah. this kind of conversation is good to try to ferret out what those might be. But only yeah. looking back through the history, the lens of history, are we going to really know.
1: Uh, yeah. And I think we're already starting to get at a distance where we can see certain things in the most recent pandemic that we could have done better. Uh, Again, being the optimistic person, I think most of those people were trying to do the best they could with the information that they had. But clearly some decisions were made and some uh, proclamations made that that weren't accurate. But the other thing that you get with this, and I guess, you know, I love capitalism. I am a capitalist. I love business and all that kind of stuff. But there is a downside to that. And um, when you have a manufacturer of a answer to a problem that has a huge financial incentive, to um keep that going that money stream going right oh um you know here's the new version here's the new version everybody should take it and all that type of stuff and we're trusting these people for guidance in how to solve this uh issue that we have that that is a problem yeah and uh, i mean that that's a that's a topic for a, a great yeah. other podcast sometimes, yeah. just all the pharma and, and, and how all that works. Reality is uh, pharma keeps a lot of people alive, gives them better quality of life and all that kind of stuff. The other reality is it kills a lot of people. And um, and, and so many people yeah. are unnecessarily medicated. I think the statistic is like the average person over 60 is on multiple prescriptions, you know, it, and is that really, uh, well? is that it, really it, where we should be?
0: well in in you know you can go down quite the trail with this kind of stuff because all the different markers for your cholesterol or your you know a a1c and all yeah. those other kind of thing they they've all changed over time just like atmospheric stuff when we're talking about green yep. technologies all the, the the benchmarks all the the goals the goalposts keep getting moved And part of that is intentional to make things better. And part of it is is about keeping the money flowing,
1: right? There's lobbyists that all these interests have. And to bring it back to our industry, uh, you know, in some cases, you've got uh, the Sierra Club. You've got the Teamsters. You've got the producers of, you know answers. You've got the legacy, you know, so let's say electric vehicles and um, all that type of technology. Then you've got the legacy industries that are behind maybe the technology. No, 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 no. We got to drag our feet on this. And in the middle, you've got these politicians that we've put into office that we're allegedly trusting to make decisions for the greater good, but they all have constituencies. If you've got a big uh, Daimler plant in your um, district, you're probably going to try to do things that are going to help them even if it's not for the greater good. So a lot of competing interests and uh, yeah. well, hey, I guess at it's, least everybody has a voice that way, but I think sometimes the, the wrong voices win out because they're better funded, for example.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, it's funny because you 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 look at how these decisions are eventually made and they're all made with some kind of political influence one way or another. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. all have a layer of that. And, you know, our, our system in the United States was intentionally designed to be snail paste. It was intentionally designed oh, yeah. to check and balance itself over and over and over again, which goes back to my original contention. When things get sped up like this, it, it's kind of counterintuitive to me. And, you know, I, it, I, I know we're going pretty long, so we'll finish up here in, in a minute, but I remember, and I may have told you the story before when I was, when I was going to ASU, Watching this whole presentation on hydrogen power for cars. This was in the mid 80s and it was a wonderful presentation. I, and you know me, I was captivated by the possibilities and everything. And the guy, the very last thing the guy said was, and it'll never happen unless the car companies that are using petroleum today get incented to do it this way. Right. That's that was the contention. And that was a whole design over the whole capitalistic side of things. So,
1: I think what our issue is and this would be a great i think topic for a future podcast Mm -hmm. maybe on one of your other podcasts yeah but you know we are a species hardwired and it served us well until now and our political system uh to think linearly like a step a step a step a step and we live in an exponential world and that exponential world has really just Mm -hmm. come into being in the last say 50 years uh, and, and and it's just increasing. They, these curbs are like hockey sticks now. That's our an interesting contention. Is our, our political system is unable to deal with it? Um, these people that are in office for fifty years or whatever, they have no clue what's going on with AI and all the technology. And so you've got people like I keep bringing up Elon Musk. He's on my mind because he's in the news a lot lately, but. Here's Elon Musk deciding who's going to have access to telecommunications in Crimea. A guy, not a country, not politicians, but he's so far ahead on the technology that these. what are they going to do? They don't they didn't know how to deal with the taxation of Amazon early on. So they had a free ride. They didn't pay any sales taxes. Oh, what we? You know, it took them 10, 15 years to figure out that model. And all these things are happening and our system is not ready to deal with it. And AI is, you know, really one of those areas that that, that could cause us some problems. We're not prepared to yeah. deal with AI.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But overall, all these different things incredibly interesting to
1: watch. Yeah.
0: And interesting to to try to decide where you fit into these different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And from an industry perspective, man, it, there's there's going to be a lot of volatility for a while, I and mean, we need to be—I oh, yeah. as I like to say—very nimble on the logistics side of things.
1: But well, I think it's, it's going to create infinite opportunity for people in this industry and other industries. But you got to stay on top of it and know what's going on. And uh, the, the the old way of doing business is is largely gone away. And you better be up with the with the current technologies, methods of communication, and ways to serve your customers, or you're going to be out of business.
0: A special thanks again goes out to David Porter, our continued guest, and hopefully we'll be seeing him every couple of weeks, uh, giving us his expertise and input on the transportation logistics industry, and supplying us with uh, both commentary, sometimes some interesting humor, and uh, and really overall some expertise and some direction as to far as to what he believes we believe in general things are are moving in a particular direction. Um, as I've said before, subscribe to uh, Logistics.com email newsletter that goes out on a daily basis. It'll, it'll provide you with all kinds of information to further your education and understanding of the transportation logistics industry. Um, it is a community. We want to grow it. Subscribe on those YouTube uh, channels that, that we have. Um, go see our curated, aggregated, and our created information on the site and, and help us grow. Go to all the platforms and give us the opportunity to supply you with better and better content as we go along. Uh, we'll see you very soon on the next edition of The Chris Jocelyn Show.